0: For $100,000, here is your first subject, and go. This is Game Shows, I Suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows. I suppose I'm your host, Jordan Haas. That's going to be really sad missing you, but hey, I, I should probably have said right at the start of the show that if you want to say hi to me, I am not, like, leaving. I'm on Twitter, <laughs> twitter.com slash jordan. If you love the content I'm giving you, patreon.com slash Haas is where you'll find me for even more fun. Now that I got all those plugs out of the way, it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game from the Prices Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. <music> Half off. Premier date, May 20th, 2004, 2935K. Fidelity date, Bob Barker, June 7th, 2007, 4024K. Premier date with Drew Carey, October 19th, 2007, 4045K half off is a pricing game played for a cash price of ten thousand dollars as well as cash bonuses and uses small prize on primetime specials it's often twenty five thousand dollars one big money week it's often one hundred thousand dollars the contestant shown three pairs of small prizes one pair at a time one item of each of these pairs is marked with the actual retail price of that item the other one is half off its actual retail price all the contestant has to do to win is pick the product which price is half off if they're correct not only do you win both those small prizes you will get to eliminate half of the boxes on the table a more on that later uh pricing all three pairs correctly of these six awards the contestant a one thousand dollar cash bonus which is theirs to keep no matter what happens in the game as there are 16 boxes displayed on stage one of which contains the cash prize of $10,000. For each correct guess of those pairs, half the boxes are removed from play, so it goes from 16 to 8. Get 2 right, that 8 becomes 4. You get all 3 right, those 4 become 2, a 50-50 chance to win $10,000. Once the repairs have been played, the contestant must choose one of the remaining boxes they believe contain the grand prize. Here's where I love. This is what I love. Half Off was created by former Fremontal employee Mandel Logan and premiered. You know what? I just, it's Mandel's. This is Mandel's game. I, I, to me, I have to take the moment here to talk about Mandel. I feel like this has to be the Mandel section of the pricing game spotlight in the world of the game show fandom and Fremontal Media, Mandel is one of the best, nicest, friendliest faces in the world of game shows. Uh, someone I've gone to speak with multiple times over the years. Almost a decade now at this point now I think about it. And he's just like this fantastic guy with, with like amazing eyes for game shows. Uh, after this, he did like game shows for The Hub. Uh, he, he went on to work now he's currently now at nickelodeon and was one of the uh, people who were behind the revival of double dare and bringing the crystal maze over here so uh, to me I, i gotta give a quick shout out to mandel because he did a lot of things that i love in the world of game shows and this is a very fun pricing game to see on the prices right and it's always fun to see, like, a pricing game from somebody, you know, who created the pricing game <laughs> because it's like, oh, it's like, to me, it humanizes the game show. And this was my first, like, to me, when I used to watch game shows, you know, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors. You never see who's behind the curtain because you don't want to. If you do, you'll kind of get the season assist. So by knowing, like, the faces and the names behind who creates the stuff, it's very fun and humanizes the world of game shows, and it shows that these people love the show as much as you do. So I, I have to thank Mandel, <laughs> and I have to say he's a great friend. Please check him out. He, he does a lot of videos from time to time. Uh, he, he plays piano uh, and, and sometimes does food reviews on YouTube. Uh, anyway uh it is the first pricing game to premiere since rich fields became a permanent announcer its set is the most expensive prop ever built for the prices right is it still though that's the question because i think paid rent might be more expensive at this point the game was originally planned to be played for a brand new car with a set of keys in one of the boxes instead of money the game's method of revealing the contents of the box is similar to that of the retired pricing game fortune hunter you know lift the box up three two one Even though Half Off wasn't played perfectly on the day it premiered, the $10,000 was still won anyway. But on June 7, 2004, the games 2nd plane, contestant only guessed all three pairs correctly and won the $10,000 by picking Box 10. Half Off received their first loss, September 21, 2004. Under Bob Barker's tenure, the game was played perfectly 14 times. Since September 28, 2010, contestants win a flat $1,000 bonus for correctly guessing three prices With... Half, with the half off price from October 19, uh, 2007, from June 9, 2010, contestants won $500 for each pair of prices correctly for $1,500 cash bonus, which was theirs to keep. But Nin, uh, from May twentieth, two 2004, correct guesses, only won the associated items. Anola playing from April 17, 2007, A contestant named Kyle picked Box 4 at the very beginning of the game. After he eliminated 8 boxes, Box 4 was still there. Unsurprisingly, he still chose Box 4. That box had $10,000. Bob was done. It's like a deal or no deal before deal. Half Off was featured as the Million Dollar Game in a Million Dollar Spectacular. (sighs) If they won the $25,000, the contestant was then given the option to risk that money already won for a chance at $1,000,000. Uh, which was hidden in one of the remaining 15 boxes. If they were correct, they win the Billy bucks, but the contestant decided not to take that risk. So, our twenty fifth, 2013, uh, Big Money Week was played. Someone won $101,000. Uh, it's also the second day contestant to ever won $100,000 in a pricing game. Uh, it was also won again on the Big Money Week in Season 41. An uh, entire history of half-off, only twice as a contestant. Um... Guess all small prices incorrectly but still managed to win a ten thousand dollars. You still get a shot one fifteen, uh one sixteen. Uh february 12, twenty ten, half off doors were changed from black to purple with yellow stripes. Beginning on march fifth, twenty fifteen, the opening spill was changed through you have a chance to win ten thousand dollars because you'll be playing half off. College rivals let's move on. January 16th, 2018, the entire set received a new color scheme. It looks very pretty. I like it. Half off was received 91 wins as of May 11th, 2020. Man, are we almost done here? It has been lost 36 times. The contestant got down to two boxes. So 36 times, got 50 50 shot, it was lost. Uh, May 19th, 2018, during Big Money Week, half off was played for $20,000, but it wasn't won. Uh, March eighth, twenty eighteen, publishers clearing house week. Alright. On May 2nd, 2018, losing horns were not played as those Okay. On October 8th, 2018, 50000 dollars was played for in it and won. February 4th, 2019, our country music half off was called Hats Off, which each of the boxes wearing little cowboy hats. Um uh, and then during in-dream car week, $10,000 price included a chance to win a car, but the game was lost. Here's some trivia. Three of the six items cannot end with an odd number if it was being selected as the one that's half off its actual retail price. The most number of times this game was played in a season was 26 under Bob Barker's tenure. He would always have the audience count to three whenever a contestant was about to open a box. Since Drew Carey became host, this was discontinued. Bunny was never hidden in box number 13 until December 13th. Uh, Half Off was one of seven pricing games seen in the, uh, December 13th, 2010. Why is that a factoid? It's all random. Half Off was one of seven pricing games, uh, seen in the fifth, uh, season thirty six. The do 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 I like this game. You know, I just, I think Half Off is one of those very fun games, and this is why I kind of enjoy uh price is right a lot i don't want to get into it fully yet but half off is just a fun lucky box game but this is like uh, what if we spat up deal or no deal slightly and we still made pick a box kind of like kind of like treasure hunt kind of like take your pick or let's make a deal half off and that's fun to me i think that's what makes this a lot of fun so I, I, I enjoy Half Off. I'm glad that's one of those cash games played in the rotation. Next time on the Pricing Games Spotlight, we'll be taking a look at Pocket Change. this is gonna be a strange episode game shows I suppose hi how's it going it's Jordan still uh you know I've been trying to figure out like what episodes to talk about as my favorite game shows uh you know things like deal or no deal and 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 something like crystal maze yeah like I can ramble about that for hours but I realized like I have a long way to go about this so I have to look into the vault for a lot of my favorite formats and I kind of had that thing where it's I I think a lot of people have this. I'm trying to make this a little casual. So if you're in the game show fandom, you already know about pyramid, you know, answer the questions, go up the pyramid in the winner's circle, win some money. But, uh, this is kind of like one of those, well, you know, this show exists and oh, that show exists. What about match game? Oh, what about this? What about that? And like, I I noticed that a lot of my games are British. And I don't want to say like, oh, the British game shows are the best because I mean, there's only a few formats I really enjoy from Britain, but the ones that are enjoyable are the ones that are kind of been long lasting. And we have kind of already talked about a good chunk of them, like Weakest Link and Mastermind. So when it came to a solo episode, it's like, oh, geez, what are we going to talk about now? And it just hit me, I think one that has a big cultural impact, at least in my life and in a lot of people in game show world, and is one of those definitive game show ass game shows, has to be the $100,000 pyramid. Uh, For a multitude of reasons, for starters, it's the gameplay. If If done correctly, if done correctly, you can get through two games in the span of one half hour episode, unless there's a tiebreaker which is most of the time when you talk about any of the original Dick Clark run of Pyramid. When the show first started, it was the $10,000 Pyramid. Then it became 20000 Then there was $25,000 Pyramid and $50,000 Pyramid and $100,000 Pyramid. And then there's like pilots for other things. And then there's a Pyramid and then there's the Pyramid. And then there's the one that's currently on the air on Summer Fun and Games. And... It got me thinking like what's the deal with Pyramid? Like I to me when I was a kid, Pyramid was always like one of my favorite game shows to watch cuz of the USA network, but it wasn't really like my favorite. I was always a press your luck kind of guy. Peer to mark and big bucks Naomi's wow. But <clears throat> it it's kind of fun. Recollecting back into pyramids, so before this recording, I watched like three hours of different pyramids. I watched a Dick Clark pyramid from, and then like the original like ten thousand dollar pyramid era with like the really old 70s set. I watched the uh, the hundred thousand dollar pyramid, which was definitively eighties. Then you had things like uh, the 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 Donny Osmond pyramid. I couldn't get GSN Pyramid, so Mike Richards, I'm sorry. I know that show means a lot to you. I couldn't find an episode. I, I do vaguely remember enjoying that show, though. And the new $100,000 Pyramid with Michael Strahan. I thought, okay, it, it, like, I'm watching different versions. I didn't get alternate hosts. There were so many different hosts for the $100,000 Pyramid. Uh, if you want to go through the list of Pyramid hosts, first, you, you had Dick Clark. Then they had Bill Cullen, the iconic Bill Cullen, one of my favorite game show hosts of all time. John Davidson, which was a great pick for the host. Then you had Donny Osmond in the later run when they became the Pyramid, which was that, that weird one with the HDTVs and the weird dark set. Uh, Mike Richards with Pyramid, and then Strahan with the, with the latest one. Uh, so this is a bob stewart production this is a Bob stewart game show and this feels like any kind of game show i hear about bob stewart because if it's one thing we kind of forgot to talk about in game shows i suppose is the legacy of bob stewart game shows bob stewart game shows kind of had the same kind of uh goods and todman feel because he used to work for goods and todman and while a lot of game shows were quiz based. You know, you, what's my like like. Uh, not I was gonna say what's my line, but like like more like uh you know like get, buzz in, answer the question, you get the you get the cookie, you get the point, you go up like trivia trap for instance. Uh, this instead, his a lot of his games were more personality driven. It's more like figure out uh like say as many things as you can, fill in the blank to this. What's the riddle? And Pyramid definitely is a Bob Stewart show because the premise is so fucking simple. I mean, we talked about Password. We talked about the original Password a while back. And it's that you have a civilian and you have a celebrity team. And they're against a civilian and celebrity team. In this show, you have 30 seconds to get your partner to say seven things they're associated in a certain category on a pyramid board the pyramid board is six subjects ranged in three on the bottom two in the middle one at the top kind of looking like a triangle or in this case a pyramid so whenever I talk about something like epic game show using a pyramid that's what I refer to is that triangular format now they don't have to go in any they can go in any order they like But uh, a lot of the categories aren't, uh, let's just say when you pick a category, it's not exactly like what it says, because the category isn't just going to be like animals, food and drink, uh, uh, chocolate, and then you pick chocolate and it's all words associated with chocolate. No, no, no. They're all very silly category names. Like The subjects are almost like puns. Or it's uh, nice to see you, seeing quotation marks, and it's things you s- things so uh, things that start with the letter C that you see, and, or things like would well, that be like a category or something like a uh, uh, refre- uh, like like for or like a slogan for a, a popular thing, um, like for instance, just I think there was a category in the in the uh, Donnie Osmond, just do it which was all things you would see in a gym bag. And it's like it, it takes a little bit of lateral thinking to figure out what the subjects are based on these five words, six words, two words. They kind of really have no meaning, but could kind of hint at what your subject is. And I, th- I love that the most. And that was a thing since, like, pretty much since the episodes I saw in the, in the 70s. The very first episode of uh, Pyramid was 1973. I think I saw late 70s one at the start. But, uh, no, <laughs> like, when it got into, like, the 80s, that's when it had its new color scheme. 70s was, like drab it was just brown and brown on a brown it was game well because game shows at the time was all shag carpeting carpet carpet and when it went into the 80s with 100,000 dollar pyramid uh it was the it was kind of fun it was like a mix of linoleum floor the classic game show staple we have today with carpet because there's like a little stage on where the contestants stand with the teams and then, like, the winner circle. And the set dressing has a bunch of flashy lights all over the place, little uh, chase lights all over the place, drizzling it. And the in, and the infamous theme song. Now, if it's one thing we, we all know about, it's Bob Cobert's theme song of Pyramid. Uh, Bob Cobert uh, has done... Multitude of game, of theme songs. Not just in game shows like 25,000 Star Pyramid and Blockbusters and Pyramid, but things like, uh, you probably you might have remembered, uh, when, when he did Dark Shadows, for instance. He recently passed away in February 2020 at the age of 95. But, uh, I mean, like, everyone. He died of pneumonia. I just realized that. Hmm. But, like, it was kind of. It was kind of uh, an infamous tune. Uh, for a lot of people, that became synonymous with game shows. Uh, some people argue that the, the tuning up theme song for Pyramid is the all-time greatest game show theme of all time. That's right. More than Jeopardy's theme song, more than The Price is Right, but, but Pyramid that do 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 and i think it's cuz it brings upbeat personality there's some bra- there's some brass in there and it's a it already when you listen to that song it elicits joy and i think that's what kind of makes the show work when you hear that theme song you kind of feel like you're already in a lighthearted, fun environment you're watching a game show and that's kind of the feel-good atmosphere you already created in a game show theme and I wanted to start my episode not just talking about the legends of the game show but on this iconic theme song the very first scene you see is the Winter circle pyramid. You see the chasing lights, the one, two, three. You hear it's the $100,000 pyramid. And here's this week's guest, so-and-so and so-and-so. And then the celebrities walk out on stage together. Sometimes it's Vicki Lawrence, for instance. And it's they just walk out and they smile. And they're the guests for the entire week of shows. Uh <laughs> Unless you're talking about the new Pyramid, where they're just there for an, an episode, but whatever, uh, it's it's kind of a fun little uh, trip because it's kind of like an old school throwback. Like here's your stars, and here's your host Dick Clark, and Dick Clark, what an iconic game show legend. We have never gone to talk about Dick Clark at all in the entirety of game shows, I suppose, and. I to me not talking about him is would have been the biggest regret in making this podcast because Dick Clark was, I think, one of the greatest personalities in the world of television. He's one of the greatest radio icons ever. When we think American Bandstand, Dick Clark springs to mind. He is a guy who pretty much never aged. Dick Clark's and eve. All of these fantastic shows. He had an eye for game shows that not a lot of people did. Um, That when he did Pyramid, he kind of figured out what the show was about. In a way that I think not even people today in the modern version or in the GSN version or in Donny Osmond's version could figure out. And when you had Dick Clark, this established guy, this basically he was the Ryan Seacrest of his time, and Seacrest, he could never host Pyramid. I don't think if a Seacrest-led Pyramid would have done anything well. That's why I think it's great to have Strahan, but shh, more on that later. Because when you saw Dick Clark do this he's a big celebrity this is the 80s this is like peak American Bandstand which was this dance show of the 60s and 70s talk to your parents about that sometime uh and then in the 80s like not just this game show but he had fill in for American Top 40 uh the Rock Roll and Remember show and he kind of had this like eye for a lot of dance shows uh, in fact, my favorite thing that I remember was Police Squad. Dick Clark had a cameo in Police Squad, and he was, because he, he wanted, because he was always the eternal youth, because he's always youthful, he understood rock music even as late as the 90s and 2000s, and it was this funny scene where he's getting, like, a, his, his shoe shine, and he wants to know what the ska music is, <laughs> and I fucking lost it, um... But, like, to me, Dick Clark is an all-time prestige host. Not just, like, bloopers and practical jokes. If you got Dick Clark to host your thing, this felt like a fun event. This felt like, okay, we should take this fun. But where he's the prestigious host, the show was pretty much a borderline train wreck every five minutes. And that's what made it work. What made the show work was you got great contestants and great celebrities and you basically had to get them to say clues so the game is simple it's a team of two versus a team of two civilian celebrity civilian celebrity there's a pyramid board of six categories three would be given to each person there's seven in each list making the grand total 21 if you have a perfect game so it's almost like 21 in a way too but nah it's not like 21 I, I think that's just weird and fun to see 21 points be the maximum you can get in the show it's a quickie dink uh, so when you see the the show uh, the idea is supposed to be like it's speed password like the list of categories is on, displayed on a TV monitor and the and the civilian either has to give guesses to the celebrity or the civi- or the celebrity has to give clues to the the, the contestant now the the fun rule is this isn't password. You don't have to do one word at a time. It's not 25 words or less. Where there's a word bank. If you wanna do, if you wanna gesture, you can. If you want to just say as much as you want about it, you can. The only rule is you can't say any part of the name in in your clue. So if it was like, um, uh, for instance, if, if the clue was Super Mario Brothers. Like this is all video games. The category is it's all video games. Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it's the it's the game where you jump on the Goombas. Uh, you're the plumber. Mushroom Kingdom. That works. But you can't go like, oh, you get the star and you become Super Mario because you said Mario. Boop boop. Or in the case of of Pyramid, you get the cuckoo clock, the infamous cuckoo. <laughs> And you just keep going from there. Uh, so it's fun because there's a time constraint. So there's an urgency to get the clues. And sometimes the clue givers are great. So it's like, I'm not bad, I'm good. Uh, it's, it's not high, it's low. Things like that uh, would be usually clues, descriptive clues. And the ones that can easily describe in the most efficient way usually gets the most points and usually goes to the winner's circle. What I love most about this game is each contestant gets to play twice. Because, much like Password, what if you ended up with a bad celebrity? Maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was the celebrity. You can, at the end, after game one, game two, you switch partners. So now you get the quote unquote good celebrity, and the other player gets the other celebrity. So maybe it's either the celebrity is great and they can win for both players or it's a really good contestant and they are just really good at effectively communicating with two different types of celebrity which works as well so now that we've understood the game you pick a category you have to give seven clues you win There are sometimes fun boards Sometimes there's a mystery seven where you don't know what the things are associated with. If you get all seven, you win a special prize. In the case of some episodes, it's a car. Sometimes it's a trip. And in the case of Modern Street Hand, it's a Disney cruise because synergy with Disney. Uh, And I I love that mystery seven idea because it adds a little level to it now. In some areas, they just call it Mystery 7 and don't even give you any clue whatsoever. And some, I don't really care much for that because it kind of just feels like the mystery you don't really want to play with kind of thing. Uh, anyway, so so they go back and forth. So it'll be kind of like a good sport event if, if it's played correctly, where if they both play perfectly, it's 7-7, 14-14. All right you only got six that time that's 20 so you need six to tie of the full seven to win that that usually is what makes a great kind of presentation to the show because it's played with points not money amounts and because it's easy to understand uh even if you get the cuckoo you might get four 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 points five points six points that even if something seems like oh they don't have a chance to win where it's like oh the score is seven to two you never know what to expect because in that third round, they the flip opposite could happen and they could have a miserable time because in round one, the celebrities give the clues. In round two, when there's four categories left, the civilians give the clues to the celebrities. In round three, who's giving and who's, uh, who's, who's giving the clues and who's getting the clues? And they get to pass the little uh, TV monitor to the person of their choice. Um and that's how the it's a simple premise. Pl- it works. Whoever gets the most points goes on to the winner's circle. In the event of a tie in the event of a tie, we get to see either in the original version a tiebreaker round. In the tiebreaker round, the contestants get 30 seconds to name and everything that starts with either the letter T or the letter C or the letter B and it just becomes a, a game of words. Like here's a lot of B words, here's a lot of F words. And I mean sure. I mean I can fill the tiebreaker and, and you'll just reset the score. In the stray hand version it's who was the whoever got to their respectful score the fastest goes on. And I, I I, I know, like, for a lot of people, they're like, well, that's kind of a mean round, because, like, that doesn't really help, and, so, and like, well, what if it's a tiebreaker in time, and I have to now display time? It's like, yeah, I think that, that actually works to, to simplify the game enough that you can actually have two full games go on a one-half hour, and you can have two halves of one hour-long show with four celebrities, it's, it speeds the game up. So when you have the most points you win, you get to go on to what I also argue is one of the best bonus rounds in game show history. That's right, the winner circle. Anyone who remembers when game shows I suppose did the speed round would know we tried to do our best to emulate that of the speed round of Pyramid. Now, in the winter circle, the six categories is now played in reverse. You'll be seeing the subjects on the screen, and your idea is to come up with things in the list. Now, you can't gesture this time. Your hands are now basically attached to a chair, like some BDSM thing. So now you have to give up clues. For instance, if once the first subject is things you would uh, find in a medicine cabinet. Aspirin toothbrush toothpaste your medication you would then have the contestant try and relay like what is the subject matter the first one's worth a set amount and it keeps going up with more difficult categories if they can complete all six within the time limit they win the grand prize of the round which is a lot of money see i can do that in 60 seconds uh so usually when it comes to this bonus round it's very fun because this is where the game goes from jolly funny fun to actually let's get serious because in the first half of the show like when you see like who can get to the points and the duh the, 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 it's all bright and colorful the second they get to the winner circle they're sitting in the two chairs one's like being strapped to the chair it's a kinky chair It's not like like they're fucking going to get like Electrocuted or something It It's just a, a simple Look at this giant pyramid With different categories And the first one is We're 50 and then 50 Then 50 then 100 then 100 Then 150 Or an original version It was going to be 10 subjects And I thought no that's way too much Uh I'm glad they padded it down to be 6 and 6. So in the ones that I remember, way back, way back in the day, it was 50, 100, 150, 200, 250, 300. Uh, so if you pass, you go to the next subject, you can get more money, but you must go back to that subject if you get all 6 in that in that 60 seconds, you will win the great the prize. Now, it used to be $5,000. And then when it went into the one hundred thousand dollar pyramid, uh, I think that's when it became kind of like the main rules. that were similar to that of the pyramid game. If you win your first game, it's ten thousand dollars. If you go in there a second time because you won the winter circle once, and you could play two games this episode, if you come back the second time and do the winter circle, you're playing for twenty five thousand dollars, which at the time was pretty much the maximum you can get uh, until they had a tournament and the tournament was played for $100,000 based on who can get up the winner circle the fastest would play in a tournament mode where whoever can complete the winner's circle the fastest gets $100,000 and that was the game too and it, that became like a big tournament champions it rewards great play and it works but here's the thing in the later pyramid when it goes into Donnie osmond which we'll get into in just like five minutes jsn pyramid and in the new pyramid they don't care they don't care if you're the fastest they decided we're gonna do our own thing and it happens so i just remember dick clark like standing there perched on the side like hey relax a bit remember this is fun for twenty five thousand dollars here is your first subject ready go and then that beep 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 starts ticking just like you just heard and you're just seeing people just melt down because this is a very tense scene in most like final rounds of game shows it's like final jeopardy that winner take all question or the bonus round puzzle on Wheel of Fortune that showcase the pressures on who made the better showcase bid. Here, it's a race against the clock. This is a time bonus round. And it's a bonus round that isn't based on what you know. It's how you can say a certain subject and not break any laws. That's the biggest problem with the Winner circle. There's so many illegal clues you can give in Pyramid. So... An illegal clue is a description saying the form of the answer or a direct synonym. A hand gesture also results in the category being thrown out, does disqualify the contestant from winning a grand prize. So, ten thousand dollars or twenty-five thousand dollars could be gone in just three seconds because you accidentally just waved your hands. Uh, but they can still answer some questions and get some a few hundred bucks along the way, or a few thousand if we're not three hands version. Uh, so. Here's where I think it's very fun Is that the uh, you, For instance if the category is uh, Cartoon characters You can say Tom and Jerry The Flintstones The Jetsons The Simpsons And you can go from there But then if the next category is like uh, Things you step on you can't just say, like, uh, you, uh, st- uh the, you can say steer master, but you can't go with, like, uh, the payless shoe store runway with stilettos. You can't, like, just go into his overtly descriptive word. Basically, if you're going to do adjectives, it's almost a sign you're going to get beep booped, and that's not good. <laughs> Unless it is, like, a a perfect clue. Like, unless it's a perfect clue, I think they allow it. But it, it can't be, like, red things and you say a, a beautiful, uh, uh, va, uh, an, uh, de, uh, what is it? Ruby, ruby slippers. Like, I think that's allowed. Ruby slippers is around for red things. But you can't go with, like the primary color that's not yellow and blue (laughs) like you can't do that um but no that that's what it but it what also works is to go from jolly happy to suddenly like it's dark it's dark there's spotlights this is a precursor i mean like game shows in the 80s and 70s have always had that dark lighting with a little spotlight for a dramatic effect but I think this was the original hot seat for a game show. This was the, for American audiences, the, the Winter Circle and Pyramid was the precursor to Pyramid, where you're seeing people sit down. Even though you're supposed to be comfortable, they're tensing up and they're freaking out over what a janitor would say or wh- what President Bush would say. And it's just so interesting. Cause sometimes they say a lot of weird shit and I think it's fun. Uh and then if they fail, you get to Clark going, oh here, if you just would have said this, what would have you said? Okay, let's go. 50 dollars, 50, 450, 450, and we'll be right back. Uh or if it was day or it was Bill Collin, oh tough luck. You know, this board Uh, really great clues by the way if you would have said this i think you would have gotten it but let's take, or if it's john davidson uh which john davidson by the way was like a 90s game show host in the 80s i think we we gave him an unfair front john davidson is a fantastic host and i think he just got he just got like the burnt edge on a lot of these shows because pyramid was good under John Davidson it's not Dick Clark I get okay, everyone's Dick Clark but John Davidson felt like he wanted to be there it felt like a fun little show as well um but when it comes to that Winter circle oh man it is the and it's the most intense like 60 seconds in game show history you get to see uh everyone from William Shatner have a meltdown to other people just quit away through the show because they were like, oh shit, I just cost somebody like 20 grand. It's hilarious. Um, so the reason I love this is because it's a mix of lighthearted fun comedy. Cause you have categories that are basically like celebrity name game. Here are the celebrities, we're all looking for people who want a Grammy, we're all looking for people who want an Emmy. Uh, People with a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Things like that are usually a category in the show. And then it's just, they're going to say something silly. As you would normally see on, say, Hollywood Game Night. Or what you would see on uh, Celebrity Name Game, for instance. So, it's very, very fun when that category arrives. Sometimes, it really is just things associated with a fire department. Or things you would buy at a grocery store and it's very common things and it, it, it's very fun to see what sometimes gets dipped out either on the civilians or in the celebrities because bananas should not be difficult the yellow fruit you peel should not be difficult <laughs> but yet it is don't know why um so when Pyramid originally came to an unfitting end, and I say it was unfitting, it ended in 1991, I believe. 91. Uh, no, 88. I think it's 88. And it was in reruns till 91. Um, it was kind of like a weird throwback. It's kind of like, oh, I guess nobody wants to watch the show anymore. Like, it's not good. It's, it was been on the air for 15 years. And they tried their hardest to try and bring it back. In some regards, there was pitches like Pyramid Racks and the all new one hundred thousand dollars Pyramid. And then, like in the craze of of like the late nineties, early two thousands, HD TVs showed up. You got to see, uh, you got to see Pyramid again. Now, Dick Clark at the time. I don't think he, he he got the call to do Pyramid. They said, no, thank you. Maybe he's too old. So we got to get the closest celebrity we can think of that's like Dick Clark. So who is another good-natured, wholesome dude who uh, looks like he never aged? Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond of the Osmonds did Pyramid, and it was in this very – I would. I mean, people will say it's atrocious. I would just say it's more industrial. They made it more industrial set. So a lot of uh, pylons, a lot of T bridges, and it looks like the. I, would, I hate to say cheap, but it felt like you're not watching the, the flashy light pyramid. You're watching, like, I want to attempt to make this millionaire, but we can't do millionaire. They didn't even have the It had this like weird theme song I, I hate to like pull it up Because we just did like the theme song. But it's like it- It's like this weird electronica That I would hear out of a Playstation 1 video game Like it's a play- Listen to this It's a video game This feels like I'm about to enter my initials In like a racing game on Playstation 1 Enter your initials. I mean like it's up it's trying to be upbeat, it's trying to be like, oh, this is the hip cool, trendy nightclub song of the time. But this doesn't sound like, you know, that 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 hey you're here to have a fun time on Pyramid. This sounds like you're here to go on a dance show that no one really watches. Because like it's about techno music, and the last time you heard Jamiroquai was like on MTV five years prior to this. So like this song, this became Pyramid of like the two thousands, which is why even though it was straight up Pyramid, the only thing that changed was they limited to six clues, then seven. They still had a winner circle for 10000 25000 It just didn't... feel right. And they decided to put this in the video games. Like, the- the pyramid games. Like, the Wii one. Ugh. Anyway, it was kind of weird seeing Joe Rogan on that show, considering how much he does DMT these days. Anyway, a good anecdote about Pyramid, because we're going to the Donny Mid quote-unquote Mid Pyramid now, is that that version was a syndicated version, and it did sell in many markets. They sometimes paired it up with Family Feud in certain areas, others. They decided to do a double block of Pyramid, which kind of should tell you where it went later on. But what made this game work was, even though the set was dark and everything felt weird and you had music playing in the background and sometimes the audio was so bad you couldn't hear the clues, it just, I don't know. I think it it, it tried to make it more upbeat, but at the same time when I think 2000s, I really fell asleep on most game shows, I, I have to be honest. Donnie Osmond was a great host for Pyramid. The set just didn't do a lot for me. And it felt like the technology at the time, which was really cool by the way, it was HD TVs when it was at the height of like widescreen, flat screen televisions. Whoa, that's cool. So when they were about to do like, let's do the winter circle. The whole gimmick is let's raise up the TVs and, and show them in display mode. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool effect. And I must think like that must be like a chore on anyone who works on set because there's no Trilon, so it's all computerized. But can you, the audience, can, you, can the audience see? Can the contestants see? Can the celebrities see? And it just felt like it. It, it felt like a, a. I hate to say cheaper version of pyramid. It didn't feel like I'm watching a modern, cool version of Pyramid, even though it's one of those lifelong, life-standing games here in America. The only thing I do remember is how much Donny Osmond loves slapping the desk, because he's always like, let's play Pyramid, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's his energy, it's just go to win winter circle. It's just, I... To me, I, I think Donny Osman was a great host, a great casting choice as a host for the show. Obviously perfect for the show, but what pro- the problem was they gave him like a, a, not a lot of room to work with, to be silly. They kind of went more of, because I'm guessing, because Sony at the time was the ones behind it, let's promote Sony VAIO and digital cameras and do all this stuff, but not give it the same love and affection they gave to Jeopardy and Will of Fortune and the Merv Griffin shows. So it kind of suffered on one end. However, most people will know Pyramid uh, with Donny Osmond for another reason. It was used in an episode of Friends. Ha <laughs> Who can forget about the funny friends? The funny friends, the sitcom friends. If you've never seen the iconic episode of Friends, the story revolves around Joey Tribbiani. Joey Tribbiani is played by Matt LeBlanc. His character on the show, Joey Tribbiani, is that of an idiot dollard who wants to be a famous, successful actor. So it's kind of like the precursor to Entourage. Anyway, in this hilarious episode, Joey Tribbiani gets booked to be a guest celebrity on Pyramid with Donny Osman. but there's one problem, the guy's an idiot. Welcome to the winner's circles. Joey, Gene, you guys ready? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me 60 seconds on the clock, please. Ready? Go. Oh, maple elm. Birch. Uh, I don't know. Types of trees. Uh, Dias, enchilada, por favor. I'm so sorry. I don't know any Spanish words. A match. A candle. Things that go when you put them out. Uh, A torch. A bonfire. Uh, Your pee. Things that burn. I'd like to go for a walk. Uh, Scratch my belly. Dude, dude, I think you're losing it. Uh, I have fur. Uh, I like to bark. Oh, 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 what a dog says. <laughs> uh, pepperoni. Uh, Pizza topping mix. <laughs> Cindy Crawford, uh, Christy Brinkley, Heidi Klum, Claudia Schiffer. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Uh, uh, Christy Turlington, uh, Kate Moss. Uh, girl's Chandler could never get. Supermodels. Where? <laughs> you see because he wants to fuck the supermodels <laughs> oh that joey <laughs> always wanting to think with his pants <laughs> this show is apparently funny anyway so pyramid didn't end up being in longevity because of sitcoms like friends putting it out there and it it fit it was a fantastic show it lasted from 2002 to 2004 and it was five nights a week i think what did the show in was simply put not a lot of love and people felt the show to be drab and boring in a millionaire look-alike set it didn't feel like uh we are in a future it doesn't feel like it, it had love affection which is what is the key to a game show now I know for a fact the production team loved working on that show it was a fun little show it's pyramid it's a fun little funny show but from my perspective it felt like well we did what was easiest what was a good commercialized version of pyramid what would be great for syndication in this market based on the trends at the time uh, they weren't building the trend; they just were following the trend, which made the show just fail. It to me, this is not exciting. This was not like the the the, the thing that made you go, "Wow, can't wait to watch Pyramid tomorrow," because it it should be this a five night game show. It didn't do that, and that. And they tried so hard to make it work, but it didn't. Plus, it's called Pyramid. So they're not calling it the $100,000 Pyramid. It's just Pyramid. And I'm wondering, like, was that like a call from Sony because like, we're not giving away $100,000 except for an end-of-season tournament? Because that's the only time they give away $100,000 on that show was the end-of-series tournament. Because just like in the main version, they did a tournament tournament. Uh, tournaments lasted three episodes. Rules varied based on what four or six champions qualified during a six-player tournament. Each contestant's first champ was twenty-five thousand. If they won, they would play for seventy-five thousand. If the tournament ended with no players having won both winter circles and one show, the contestant won twenty-five thousand the fastest time, and the player who won the most money uh, would have their amounts augmented to a hundred thousand. It wasn't as fun. Uh, and the Super 6 was just played for larger prizes. That was... It was just kind of just... I fell asleep on Pyramid at the time, and I don't in the Dick Clark era. I don't in the John Davidson era. It really was just Donny Osmond, even though I know he's a great host, even though I know this is supposed to be funny, because I don't think they really showed what made the show work. What made the show work for Pyramid, and this is what was kind of perfected in the modern versions, is when you decide, actually the whole premise is to basically say silly things to get someone to say an, a, a regular thing, because that's the only thing that's on your mind right now. If your thought is like, hey, you've got you to get your, your player to say family guy, and you just say, like, the fat guy, and he's from Rhode Island, Seth MacFarlane. Like, that's all you got. It's kind of like, well, what the hell does that do a Family Guy? You couldn't say, like, the Griffin family. It's on Fox. It's a cartoon. No. <laughs> the first clue is the fat guy. <laughs> that's what makes the show work. That's what makes it funny. So let's move on. They ended Pyramid. Honestly, they could have kept that show going forever, but I, would, I will say right now, game shows were a dry spell in the 2000s. Much like how in the 90s was the anti-90s, in the 2000s, game shows were either you are a big money game show like Millionaire and we're just going to put you on five nights a week until you die, or we're going to try our best to make something that was popular in one other country because we don't want to lose our ass anymore. We want the next millionaire. We don't want to create the next millionaire. So you end up with a lot of bad formats, a lot of horrible ideas for game shows, especially reality shows cuz reality shows were big. It was kind of like the post Bachelor, post The Mole era where suddenly it's like, well, what if we were looking for money? What if we did beauty pageant and stuff? It just didn't feel right. It didn't gel with anybody. That you, I sat there in like in disbelief because Game Show Network should not have been the network to just give us new game shows. This should have been all over the board at the time, but no one really knew how. Fremontal did not know really how, and they had all the shows. Their Family Feud at the time stunk. Their, their version of, like, all their favorite shows were just kind of fizzling there. The only thing they had really going for it was Price is Right, and even then... This was like Bob Barker's last year's. They had that weird California set for a bit in the background. I It just didn't sit right. And I, to me, it, it feels like what they did was they decided, eh, I give up. You know, maybe this will work. If we go on the cheaper end and just syndicate the shows, maybe we'll make our money back. And... It, it didn't. Everything was focused on, like, reality shows. The Fox fam, like, Fox reality shows. And it, it, it fizzled Pyramid. Reality shows knocked out Pyramid. Uh, until we get into the rebooted Pyramid. Game Show Network decided we need to do some new shows. We are living in a uh, fun world where, like, we're kind of, uh, we kind of are part by Sony, so it'll be easy for us. We'll get Embassy Rose Pyramid because they've been trying to pitch Pyramid for the last seven years since Pyramid ended. Let's try Pyramid two thousand nine million dollar Pyramid million dollar Pyramid because everyone kind of said that at one point when they say Pyramid one hundred thousand, even though it's one hundred thousand dollar Pyramid, even in like the mid two thousands in the in like twenty tens. The phrase Million Dollar Pyramid was said, even though there's no Million Dollar Pyramid, although there is a Wii game called Million Dollar Pyramid, and it's shit. It's garbage. Horrible. (laughs) Gross. I vomit at the thought of that Wii game. He also used the the Donny Osmond set and and, uh, the music packages. Anyway... So, they took the pilot set, and they wanted to make Pyramid, but they couldn't figure out what to do. They had all sorts of different alternate hosts. What if we got the racist Superman, Dean King, to host? No. What if we got the bald British man? No. And when they brought to GSN, one name sprung to mind. Mike Richards, the showrunner of The Price is Right and Let's Make a Deal, and... To give him credit, he did host Beauty and the Geek, and the this version of Pyramid, the GSN Pyramid, was up to this point the, cl- the closest you got to a faithful recreation of Pyramid in like thirty years. To me, this was like the best. This was like I ignored all about the the Donnie Manera because now you have like the classic Pyramid uh, trapezoids on the set. You have. The winner circle back. And then something really smart happened. Are you ready? They put different rules in play to make it seem even cooler. So uh, in the GSN era, if you got a perfect seven out of seven in a round, you get $500 no matter what happens in your game. And then if you win the show, like you go to the winner's circle, $5,000 was added to your winner's circle pot. It starts at $10,000, but you can get 15000 20000 or 25000 depending on how well you play. Which meant that if you played a perfect 21, you're playing for 25000 That encouraged great gameplay. That made it so even if there was no chance in hell of you catching up, you can still play the round and get some bonus money out of the way. So you can get free 500 bucks. which I thought, that's actually a fantastic idea. Because now you're throwing money at a consolation when it's not there. And Mike Richards, to, to, to give him the credit, this was his best hosting performance, was Pyramid. Divided, I don't think that was his greatest work because it was a chaos, yelling, screaming match. And he has to basically play like the ringmaster and go like, hey, guys, don't do this. Beauty and the Geek, is, is he supposed to play the geek or the beauty? It, it didn't make sense. He was young at the time, but it, it didn't feel like he fed in any of the clicks. But this Pureman, this felt like a perfect match for Mike Richards. His hosting style... Emulated. It didn't replicate Dick Clark. He would come up with clues. He would say, best work with this. He would try and make sure he would organize the game to be about the civilian and the celebrity. Why did the, civi- why did the civilian say this? Why did the celebrity say that? That's a weird clue. When someone loses, oh no, can't believe it. If you just want to said this, What if I said that? That would have helped you out in the winter circle. That it it felt like he took his production background and continued using it as the host. He was a producer host on, on Pyramid. And that's kind of a good trait to have when it comes to this show. Because you want to stretch just slightly to get some comedy out of it but you don't want to dry the show up and make it all about, like... You remember when you said fart, fart, poop, poop? Because then your show doesn't work. So, GSN's Pyramid, although the budget was not as $100,000 Pyramid, and they never gave away $100,000 on that version, it was one and done. Two contestants. You can each have a chance at $25,000. They learned... How to make Pyramid. And it was faithful to the show. Great replication. And this was 2012. It only lasted 40 episodes. And then, in this bizarre fashion, ABC got really into game shows again. Game shows are notoriously one of those formats that you just pick up as like a safety net. And for ABC at the time, they really didn't know what to do, so they picked up Celebrity Family Feud, which was, which was originally an NBC show. They picked that up. So Steve Harvey. So they got celebrities to play a feud. They had BattleBots. Then they had Wipeout. They're trying to add all these little summer. When it was summer? That was always when they had a reality show in some in some regard since wipeout so you had like i'm a, you had like i survived the japanese game show a reboot of the mole you had like uh It. oh man i love Who It. damn it i don't do i talk about Who whodunit for this show this was a game show it was one of my favorite but i mean i love that show but anyway you had like all these different game shows you 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 had shark tank at one point being considered like just the summer filler series and they kind of were like just using it as father. Like, if it didn't work, we have Bachelor Pad. We have Bachelor Summer Games and Bachelor Winter Games and Bachelor in Paradise. So it's, it'll be okay. And now, if you assumed COVID did not exist, ABC had the market cornered on almost every game show. Like this year, 2020, if COVID did not happen, ABC would have, don't, holy moly you would have card sharks celebrity family feud match game to tell the truth supermarket sweep and that's not even including any other ideas that they had because they also had one hundred thousand dollar pyramid one hundred thousand dollar pyramid was kind of fun because that kind of was the extension of family feud they kind of wanted when they originally brought back these game shows to get celebrity-focused games. They didn't really trust civilians that much. In fact, I still don't think they trust civilians that much with these game shows, which is why I fucking hate most of the Summer Fun and Games lineup when it focuses on celebrities. Sorry, I don't give a shit about, like, Kenan Thompson on Match Game. I don't care that Chris D'Elia... Months prior to being in the Me Too movement, uh, one was a contestant on the feud or was a guest on the pyramid with like three people from Queer Eye. It do- to me, it does not, it- I don't trust it. I care, I'm there for the civilians. That's why I didn't like the new millionaire. Too much ce- celebrity, not enough civilian. So I like Pyramid. Because you have a civilian, not the celebrity. I like card sharks because of the civilian, not the celebrity. I like don't because of the civilian, not the celebrity, even though Ryan Reynolds is involved. I am there for Press Your Luck because it's focused on the civilian, not the celebrity. Elizabeth Banks doesn't make it about herself. So $100,000 Pyramid makes its debut on ABC. At first, I'm like, Okay, I'm a little skeptical, $100,000 pyramid, but then I saw the set, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like a newer, kind of fancier set. This is like big money game show set. I saw that they decided, you know what, we're not going to do the Trilons, the iconic Trilons. When they when they originally did this pyramid, the Trilons, the triangular, movable triangles, kind of like the letters on Wheel of Fortune, would display the board or a trapezoid uh or or just uh light up. This was a fun little technology where they what they did was they took both the Donny Pyramid version and the original game show Trilon and they created something I've never considered. What if a Trilon was also a TV monitor? <laughs> so when they would move the triangle, an HD TV, like a a 4k television resolution would show off the pyramid logos and show off what the categories are i thought that is so cool to me because now it's like you you put bo- best at both worlds there you don't have to glue on like a piece of paper that says the category you can just put it on the tv but you can trial on it out when a category is selected When someone wins the boat, when the boat, when the winner circles played, the trilons like old school clunk 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 clunk, is here is heard, while you see the categories be pushed and the money be moved. Like that is such a cool effect. When you see the categories, it's modern. It is like classic pyramid categories made modern. Uh, Apps on a smartphone. Things you talk to your therapist about. Uh, Things an Uber driver would give you. Uh, And it's like, this is the kind of things that would work. And always, and this is the only gripe I have about Modern Pyramid... They really, really, for some reason, really want that viral moment because they, they focus on few too much. They want that viral moment. A lot of these game shows want that viral moment. The celebrity said the silly thing. Uh, the celebrity was told, get twerky, and so they decided to twerk dance. Ha ha, they're wiggling their butt. Will this get you 100,000 views? Anthony Anderson's confused. Ken Jong is confused. Joel McHale is confused. Uh, it ju- like that's that's all the, the new pyramid is is ha ha. So and so is confused, and I that, to me that's the only gripe I have for the new format. It's let's have like uh, uh, symbols used as emojis and have eggplant as one of the clues. And, like, the idea is supposed to be, you get it, you get it, sexy things. Uh Ha-ha. But what I like about the show is even though that's the things, and here's the big secret, that's what made Pyramid work back in the day. Celebrities saying weird stuff to get a contestant to say something. That's what made the show reality. And to me... That's why $100,000 Pyramid is one of the greatest game shows of all time. This new version, even though, oh no, the tiebreaker, oh no, the innuendo, and the viral moments, it is the best version of a Pyramid you'll ever get. Strahan, Michael Strahan, is no Dick Clark. He can't do American Bandstand. However, with his love of sports and Fox NFL Sunday, with his love of the news on Good Morning America, he has already gained ground for being a distinguished person outside of the world of football. This is kind of like the new Frank Gifford, the football player who transcended into broadcasting and has made a name for himself. And this is a name that you will go like, if this is a stray hand project, I'm going to watch. So now, him hosting Pyramid... You get a little question marks, like, "Well, wait, why?" But the second you watch an episode of One Hundred Thousand Dollar Pyramid with Strahan, you will fall in love with Strahan. This is one of the best game show hosts in modern history. Modern history game shows. If we're looking into twenty tens slash twenty twenties now, you've got to put hand in the top five, maybe the top three. You could even argue to put him in number one. I know there is Tribeca and all those, but. Strayhand runs the show. Strayhand knows when to be funny and giggle and go, wait, wait, tell me again what ghosting is to you? And at the same time, have that big smile, that little iconic gap, and just know you're having a good time. He knows when to just, like, smile and go, like, this is the ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But he also knows when to say, all right, this is for $50,000. Wong. For $100,000, here's your first subject. Because then he's dictating, like, this is a serious part of the show. Even though everything is modern big money game show, it's lighthearted and fun. You're looking at Strahan, you're thinking you're having a good time, and you will. So Strahan is the modern Dick Clark in this regard. He is, I would argue, the new Dick Clark, Also, not just because of Pyramid, the way he presents himself on various broadcasts, you know you're getting something really special. If he's there, you want to listen to Strahan. If they replace Ryan Seacrest's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Michael Strahan's New Year's Rockin' Eve, it would make no difference, but people will definitely be tuning in. So, Strahan has this amazing like sense of humor he knows to make the show his own but he has made it into something that's family friendly he knows it's disney and all the technology is there from the tv try to the display monitors when you see the screens it's a little flatter But now the timer is displayed and the clues are displayed. It's not just an overlaid graphic. Now it's actually displayed on the podiums, which I thought, whoa, that's cool tech. Like the tech is here now. And to me, we are living in the future when we're seeing Pyramid. Strahan hosting the show is the new Pyramid. He's there to support you. And this version of $100,000 Pyramid works because of the name. If this is a one-and-done show, if this is a one-and-done episode, They don't. Re- there's no returning champions, there are four outcomes. Player one wins both games, it goes to the winner circle, and gets $50,000 and $100,000, making their grand total $150,000. So it's really the $150,000 pyramid, but whatever. Player two same thing happens and they can get the 150,000 or one celebrity got both contestants into the winner circle and they each get $50,000 splitting up the literal $100,000 pyramid cuz they each get 50,000 same thing with celebrity number 2 now of course if they bonk the uh, the uh, the winner circle they're going to get money but Because this is network primetime game show, it's not like $100, $200, $300. No, this is $1,000, $2,000, $4,000. And it stacks up to like being about $10,000, which is game show minimum on most other game shows. So to me, this is a big money game show with huge stakes. And it's $50,000, $100,000. This isn't million dollar pyramid, but... $50,000 to $100,000 is still a lot of money and for what you're getting on this game show it's the perfect amount at the perfect time that this is literally a big money game show and you have an upbeat new theme song you have like a new uh, like flashy lights but there's no the only background audio you will hear is slightly in the winner's circle and that's just like a hmmm and that's it the set is just the classic pyramid set from the 80s, but ev- but now a lot more shiny black floor. But now there's glass trapezoids in the background of the winter circle. Now the stage lights are kind of blending in, so you're not seeing just one spotlight and it's dark black. Now you're seeing like a dark blue prisms in dark red cylinders and the spotlights in the background to make it seem like this is a dramatic moment. When you're hearing, like, things that come in cans. Like, that's what makes the show work. And everyone, no matter what you do, this is, like, the greatest end game Because I know for a fact, if you are a big fan of Pyramid and you watch Winter Circle, you are on the edge of your seat on the show. You are, too, like, leaning forward. You are hearing the contestants. They're still strapped in. They're giving their clues out. And you want them to win the 50000 or the $100,000. If the second, like you hear that ding ding ding, you won ba da ba 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 da ba da, and the and fake confetti flies in the background, of the winner circle, they celebrate. You celebrate. You feel like you had a good time. You won with the contestant, which works with the show. When it comes to pyramid, because you know what I say all the time: when it comes to a game show, it's aspirational or it's play along factor. Oh, if I did this, I would have gotten it right. That you could just cover up the lower third and try and play along and beat the contestants. Or you can try and and see what this, like, the backstory is with the contestants and root for them and go like, well, that's a teacher. I want them to succeed. Or, oh, that person's a newlywed. And man, they just, they, they kind of couldn't get a honeymoon. Boy, that would be great to get a honeymoon. Like things like that would always be fun to hear because that's always what we see and it's kind of one of those things where even though this is a silly game show (laughs) where people are doing hand gestures in the main game and in the second round they have to say like uh i'm i'm a when you hear that clang 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 and then you hear like you just won a hundred thousand dollars and they're crying like in that final three minutes, Hand's giving them a big hug. And it's such an emotional moment because it's like, oh my god, this is a life-changing amount of money. I did not know this would be the thing. It, it makes everything about game shows work. This is what makes people love game shows. This is what makes me get up to say, I love game shows. Because you go into it having laughs, having fun. You're just playing a fun guessing game. But you're leaving there knowing you just changed somebody's life in the span of 22 minutes. And that's always very fantastic. And we're not, we're changing people's lives for the better. It's not like haha jokes on you were ruining your life. This is a haha, we're having fun. Here's a shitload of money, too. And you feel good. It's a feel good story. You're, you're having everything you want, a feel good ending. Even if they lose, it's like, oh, tough luck. Here's eight grand. Like, That's not, like, bad for a bad day for having this game show. Uh, And the best part about the new pyramids is that they know they're doing two games. And this is the new, like, I guess this is what ABC Summer Fun and Games really loves, is then they pull you back and then they bring you into episode two with two new celebrities and two new contestants And they continue as if nothing happened. Like you're just watching a new episode of Pyramid right after this. So Ryan's like, we'll be back with two more players right after this. Do, 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 do. It's the $100,000 Pyramid. With your guests, uh, Alfonso Roberto and uh, Will Sasso. If his sitcom ends up staying on the air. Uh (laughs) And they do the plug because they have to do the plug. It is a game show with celebrities. But you focus on the civilians equally on that show. Yes, you're there. You're, like ABC is too focused on the celebrities on this game show that they ignore the civilian aspect on the show. And I think the civilians should be the main focus, the main icon for these game shows. What made $100,000 Pyramid work? is the fact that you're seeing celebrities, yes, but you're seeing civilians do something fun as well and you're seeing their lives change because they won the winner's circle and you're celebrating with them. Or you're seeing that big upset because there was like three seconds left and oh, time ran out. Uh, That is game shows. To me, Pyramid stands the test of time with game shows. This is a game show that's everlasting. As long as there are things to talk about, you can play Pyramid. What's in the news today? You can make three categories on things that happened today, things that happened last week, new terms, old terms, uh, things like things you put in a laundry. M- like, what did you do today? Things you put on a sandwich, things you put in, in the laundry, uh, th- cereal mascots. You Like, that's, you can keep going with different categories. It, it, that's what makes the show work. As long as you have a voice and you can talk and, and communicate, this is a game show for you. And this is a funny game show. And this is a show where you have to laugh. And this is a show where you're seeing lots of smiling faces and happiness. And this isn't like... We're going to quickly get... like The, like the casting on the show is also very smart too. Um. Yes, of course you have to do the interject. Woo, woo! I'm glad to be here, but I don't think anyone in the casting industry knows what is that initial reaction if someone wins that big money. Because some of them are jumpers, some of them are sobers, some of them are like exhausted, and some of them even faint. That's what makes a game show work is when you can not rehearse what the contestant would do, and a person like Strahan he kind of figures, like, one of eight things are going to happen. So in his mind, he already has, like, planned out. I'm guessing this is because of his background in football. He's already made a plan of attack in eight different ways. If this happens, I'm doing this. If he if she jumps, I'm jumping. If this happens, I'm going in. If they faint, I'm picking her up. If the celebrity goofs up, I'm going to basically just pretend to smack the crap out of them. Like, that's usually, I think, what Strahan's thinking during the moment. If someone's tensing up and it's like six seconds, his earpiece probably has, like, the definitive great clue to give and wants to say, oh, man, just say this. Just say this. And that's what makes Strahan a fantastic game show host with Pyramid. That's what makes 100,000 Star Pyramid a fantastic game show. And this is why I love this show. I'm not going to come up with like, well, if I had my version, this is what I would do because this is the version I would do. The only thing I would change if I had to was the winner circle amounts and make it $500, $1,000, 1500 2000 2500 3000 just to cheapen the budget a bit. But if they're going to throw $5,000 on the last uh, rung of the pyramid, so be it. Give it to them. I don't care. Because this is what makes Pyramid work. It, like it's the if the money matters, throw it. If it's just having fun, it's there. And in the history of Pyramid, what makes the show work is the person who is in charge. Whoever's wrangling that show knows when to push back and let the contestants say something stupid, or when or get involved and just go wait a minute when you said this and get involved in a silly way because if you're allowed to be silly yourself the show works this isn't a show for a comedian you can't be a comedian on the show because you're a comedian the show's going to be about yourself you're going to talk about yourself and, and, and refer to yourself this isn't a Steve Harvey production you can't do a Steve Harvey you can't do a Joel McHale you have to be that position of authority who knows when to step in if necessary. That's a tough trait to have in most modern game show hosts. Strayhan has that. And that's why the show works. Because you can be silly and goofy and still be authoritative. And that's why I love 100,000 Art Pyramid. It's a show I would love to be a contestant on. It, that's one of the shows. It's like, I think I can do well as a contestant. But I know I would probably uh, only get like five of the seven clues and you never know, um, but it's just one of those fun game shows, and that's. And now that it's kind of like it used to be filmed out here in CBS, now it's in New York. It has a distinct New York vibe too, which also I appreciate. <laughs> um, so I I, I appreciate the, the Pyramid's longevity, and I appreciate ABC getting involved and in putting Pyramid on the air it's one of the toughest things about this year was we never got that pyramid season. I know we wanted that pyramid season. I know a lot of people wanted pyramid this year for the summer fun and games COVID hit. We didn't get it, but it's, it's not all bad. It's not all sad because that show is not getting the ax anytime soon. As soon as there's a way to make it safe. Oh, they'll make it safe. And I am very happy this show is still on the air in some regard. Who's to say that this show will be on daytime television? This show could easily run in the daytime again. This show could easily return as $100,000 Pyramid with the original rules in play. The $100,000 Pyramid that we see today, this primetime game show format where it's only like 12 episodes, 14 episodes a year... They still work. If it wasn't for $100,000 Pyramid, you wouldn't get Snoop Dogg and Marfa Stewart because that was two celebrities that were in the first season of $100,000 Pyramid. That chemistry works so much that VH1 gave them the potluck. That chemistry with Snoop Dogg and Marfa Stewart also gave Snoop Dogg uh, the Joker's Wild, which was uh, also executive produced by Strahan's company as well. So, this is a show that also spirals into a bunch of more amazing things and it's this very 70s game show where you see people having meltdowns and throwing chairs and screaming and giving illegal clues and then like the winner's circle freezes and they're like what the fuck did i do wrong and getting into anger with the host because no i didn't say that and oh no you said that it's it's such a delight it's such a delightful show and and i'm glad i can spend this this hour talking to you about it yes i could be talking about the german die pyramid game or the pyramid game in the uk or like junior pyramid when they had kids play it but like what's the exciting thing about junior partner pyramid it's cheaper money What's the exciting thing about the Pyramid game? They get a thousand pounds. This is big money game show. This ticks all the things of a classic American game show. And it doesn't matter if it was the 70s, the 80s, or now. It knows what it is. And that's why I love the show so much. For now, Jordan Haas saying so long. Assume I did the salute. Like Dick Clark.